Hello, friends there at Community Baptist Church. We certainly hope and pray that this update is finding you all doing well, uh, despite the circumstances in which we live uh, these days. Uh, of course, my name is Dan Brown, missionary serving here in the country of Madagascar. Uh, my wife Rachel and I have been married for just over 10 years now and uh, are enjoying uh, the opportunity that we have to serve here in this beautiful country. God has given us four beautiful children, uh, three girls, and the last one is a boy. And so we are feeling very complete uh, with what God has given to us. Our oldest daughter is uh, Mariah. She is eight years old and uh, is busy being the second mom to the house in many ways and uh, certainly enjoys being here in Madagascar. God has answered some great prayers uh, for us. Uh, before we move to the location we're at now, we were really praying that God would uh, um, bring some friends into our girls' lives so that they can interact and play and just uh, live a normal childhood. And we praise the Lord. Uh, our next-door neighbors have two young girls that uh, Mariah and then also our second daughter, Hannah, are able to play with uh, very frequently. And so Mariah is eight years old. She's the oldest. And then we have Hannah. She's six years old, and uh, she uh, just enjoys life. Uh, no matter what she's doing, she just seems to always uh, be enjoying herself. Chloe is our third daughter, and she just turned four years old, and uh, she really believes that she is the real boss uh, of the home, at least uh, of her sisters. And she seems to do a pretty good job keeping them in line most of the time, uh, but she is certainly uh, four years old, going on 24 in many, many ways. And then finally, we come to Levi, who just turned one year old, and uh, he has certainly changed uh, life uh, for us as far as we know it. Uh, we thought we knew something about parenting after we had three little girls who seemed to all be uh, prim and proper and doing okay. And then our son came along and changed all of the rules. And in his one short year of life, uh, our lives have been filled with lots of laughter, joy, and then also many things uh, out of place, disarray, uh, out, of, out of order, and uh, broken. And so anyway, uh, he is certainly keeping us on our toes, and we certainly love him as well as all the, the blessings that God has given to us. It's really our privilege to be serving here in the country of Madagascar, and we thank God really for this opportunity that we have to be here and to share the good news of Jesus Christ with these people. We came to Madagascar in uh, April of 2017. We spent the first two years here uh, really learning the language, getting adjusted to the culture, but all of this was in preparation for what we are doing right now, and that is planting churches. Uh, we got back to Madagascar from our first furlough in January of this year, and then we moved across town and found a, a beautiful location here on uh, the west side of town in a town. Pastor knows the name of it. He can uh, remind you of it, but it's called Ambui Chalahaba. And uh, we've moved here in February. Uh, it took a few weeks to get settled, get uh, moved in, and get uh, kind of settled down in the area. And then really, uh, we began to launch uh, the, the ministry, getting out, getting to know people. We started a, a Bible study. We started an English club, uh, just trying to get into our neighborhood, to get to know people, build relationships with the people. And then something came along that changed everything. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, COVID-19 uh, really hit here in Madagascar by the end of March and really shut down uh, everything that we had just begun. 
Of course, we were somewhat disappointed or discouraged uh, considering that we have been working and preparing for this moment and then everything came to a grinding halt. But God, as we have learned really more now than ever in these last couple months, God seems to choose the moments of impossibility to do the things that we would never expect or be able to do in our own strength. After several weeks of confinement uh, or quarantine here in Madagascar, uh, the Lord really put a burden on our heart to reach out to our town, to our township, and uh, really do a food distribution. Uh, we wanted to be able to pass out uh, some rice and beans and face mask soaps to some of the necessities of life to the people that are in our township. And so uh, working with another uh, missionary as well as a national pastor and his family, we all got together and for two Saturdays, at the end of April, beginning of May, we're able to pass out uh, almost 2,000 pounds of rice and then some other supplies as well, beans, things like that. And we were able to reach about 1,000 people uh, through this outreach. Uh, of course, the main goal and uh, the, the, our heart for it was to be able to preach the gospel. So our good friend, the national pastor, uh, national pastor Ernest, came and preached a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We had prepared some gospel tracts that dealt with coronavirus and, uh, and sickness, yet uh, the cure, which is ultimately found in Jesus Christ, and we're able to pass these out to all the people that had come. But we had no idea how God was going to use this ministry. Uh, towards the, the end of the first week, our first outreach, uh, several people started to come to us and then also come to the president of our township and ask about our church, where it was located, who we were, what we were doing. Now, at this time, we had no church. Uh, we were preparing, planning for it to come later in the future. Uh, and uh, we're just going to kind of use this outreach to uh, start to uh, let the community get to know us and who we were and what we were doing here in this area. Yet many people started to come and ask where our church was. And we felt really led of the Lord uh, that this was really a time for us uh, to start the church. And so our first Sunday, towards the end of May, uh, together with our team, which is about 15 people, we had 16 people in attendance on our first Sunday, which means we had one visitor, which we thank God for. We continue to pray and ask God to do the work and continue to go and uh, let people know about uh, the church. And by the second Sunday, we had 20 people that were in attendance. Uh, at this point, we had actually already outgrown our first facility. And that was a local or a private school near our house. A lot of uh, uh, the, the reason for outgrowing this facility was because we had to respect the one meter distance uh, and uh, keep in mind uh, the, 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 the coronavirus, things like that. And so, again, feeling led of the Lord, we launched out again looking for a new location. And the Lord led us right down the road to another private school, which was much bigger and could really handle uh, many more people. And so by our third Sunday, we had just about 30 people that were in attendance. By the fourth Sunday, more people had come. By the fifth and the sixth, seventh, and really after two months uh, of uh, preaching and teaching and, and meeting together as a church, uh, we had about 90 people that had come after two months. 
Uh, and uh, half of these were children that were coming. And uh, another missionary that's been helping us was able to really head up the children's ministry. And has done a great job reaching out to these young people. And then myself, as well as the national pastor, we've been working with the adults. And God has really been doing some amazing things as we have seen this church get started and get planted here in Abuichabahava. We've seen several people accept Christ as their Savior. Many others are now following along in a discipleship book and material and uh, are really uh, making some great steps of faith. Today I was just talking with one of the ladies uh, that's been coming to the church. And she said, Pastor, um, you know, when this coronavirus and quarantine time is over, I want to get involved in the ministry. Can I, can I come out and, and go with you guys and preach the gospel in our neighborhoods? And, of course, we said, absolutely, that's what we're here for. And, again, we've just been seeing uh, the Lord do some great things, working in the hearts of the people and making great decisions. And we're just excited to see uh, the Lord at work here. Uh, so uh, the Lord was really doing great things at work, and then we came into July, and here in Madagascar, the coronavirus really began to take off and get worse. And so the government came back and said, no more public meetings, no more school, no more, uh, no, no more uh, liberty, really. Everybody has to go back into quarantine. And so that's where we are today, August 1st. As I record this video, we are stuck in quarantine once again. But it's hard for me uh, to complain about uh, being stuck in quarantine when we know how much God had done during the first time of quarantine here in Madagascar. And we're just excited again to see how God is going to now use our second confinement period uh, and how God is going to work in the hearts of the people as we continue to move forward with the gospel of Jesus Christ here uh, in this country. You know, if somebody were to ask me, when is the best time to start a church? I would probably never tell them in the middle of a pandemic. However, God has chosen to use this time to start a new church in this area, and it is just exciting to see the work that God is doing in the hearts of the people, as well as in our hearts, as we get a really witness of the mighty hand of God. Of course, all of this would not be possible without your faithful prayers and support, and so we cannot uh, let you folks know how much we appreciate you. Uh, you are certainly a great help and a blessing to us, and so thank you so much uh, for all that you do for us. Pastor Aylstock had asked me to share a few thoughts from the Word of God, something that God has really been working in my heart about, or uh, really something that's been uh, very meaningful to me. And uh, when he had asked, I, I immediately thought of Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, there's a few thoughts that I'd like to share with us today. Uh, and I, I want to back up for a moment and say, uh, when you are a missionary on the field planting churches, and then you go and read about Paul's missionary journeys, it's amazing how the Word of God comes alive to you, as you can really begin to put yourself in Paul's shoes and see a little bit of what his life must have been like and what it must have been like to plant churches uh, 2,000 years ago. You know, people haven't changed over 2,000 years ago. Certainly, uh, over the last 2,000 years, certainly the Word of God has not changed. And uh, it's just amazing to have a, a part in the ministry of uh, planting churches and pointing people to Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 16 is a, an amazing passage and one that has really become alive to us 
as we have been ministering here in Madagascar specifically this year. Of course, if you read through Acts 16, and I won't do that uh, today, but if you read through the uh, book, uh, the, the chapter uh, 16 of the book of Acts, you really find that it begins uh, with Paul's second missionary journey. He's launching out again, and this missionary journey is going to be longer than his first, and he's going to go farther than he did before. And uh, he really launches out with this plan and this idea, yet... Uh, in, in a vision from God, he has or hears the Macedonian call, a, a man saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And, and I can't help but reiterate these words, this call from uh, this ma- man of Macedonia. You know, everywhere we go in the world, I believe there is the Macedonian call. People all around the world are crying out, come over and help us. A lot of times when we begin to think about uh, the Word of God or, or the ministry, we think, well, it's hard, it's difficult, uh, it, it, it takes time, and people aren't interested, and uh, many of those things can be true in many ways, yet I believe the opposite is often true where people are ready and hungry and willing for the Word of God. And if God calls you to do something, obey Him, because uh, He certainly knows and sees uh, far more than we do. So chapter 16 begins with the Macedonian call, and then Paul launches out, and he goes to uh, Macedonia, and he comes to a city named Philippi. And in Philippi, Paul is going to meet three groups of people that I believe really characterize the three groups of people that we've seen here in Madagascar even this year, but I could even say these three groups of people often represent the three groups of people that you will find anywhere in the world. First, Paul comes into Philippi, and not knowing where to go, not knowing uh, where to begin, he goes out to a river, the Bible tells us, where prayer was wont to be made. In other words, it was a custom to be made. People were out there uh, worshiping God, whether they knew who he was or not. The Bible doesn't make it very clear, but it's interesting. Paul comes to this group of people, and the Bible says that he preaches unto them, and then one lady in particular named Lydia, the Bible says, is baptized and then really uh, constrains Paul and Silas to come to her house and begin the church right there. And this group of people, I would call them the hungry. In other words, they are hungry for the truth of the word of God. Uh, this group of ladies, I believe, was meeting, they were meeting together to worship God, to learn more about God, to know God. And then Paul comes to this group that were hungry for truth. And he preaches the gospel. I believe they believe in Jesus Christ, are baptized. And just like that, a church is born. You know, oftentimes we focus on the fact, uh, we focus on everybody who doesn't want to hear the gospel. And when we focus on them, we often miss the fact that there is also a large group of people that are hungry for the gospel. Jesus told us about this when he told us to lift up your eyes and look under the fields. Why? Because they are white unto harvest. In our world today, we have people that are hungry for truth, that are hungry for the gospel. Uh, Don't listen to the devil as he tells you uh, that person's not interested. They don't want to hear. Don't share a gospel track with them because they'll just reject you or laugh or scoff. Hey, don't listen because in this world there are people that are hungry 
for the truth of the gospel. And so Paul comes, meets with these ladies, preaches the gospel. Lydia in particular is baptized, no doubt saved, then baptized, and just like that, a church is born. Now the passage continues, and we find Paul and Silas going out still, preaching the gospel, reaching more people with uh, with the truth of Jesus Christ, and they come then to a second group of people that I would call the helpless. And we find a great example of the helpless in verses 16 through 18. And here we learn about a damsel, the Bible says, who is possessed with a spirit of divination. Here she is physically under the control of the devil who is now uh, using her, or at least now uh, she is owned by others who are using her for her spirit of divination to bring much profit and gain to her masters. And in many ways, this woman represents a large amount of people in our world who are under the bondage of the devil and of sin. You know, we're following a lot of the news there in the United States, and it certainly breaks our heart to see what is happening in many ways. Uh, Yet, you know, we should not be surprised when we see the lost world acting like the lost world. We shouldn't be surprised when we see lost people acting like they don't have Jesus Christ. Uh, We need to remember they are under the bondage of sin and of Satan. And the only thing that will set them free is Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what Paul and Silas uh, do with this lady. They cast out that spirit. And and I've got to believe that this young lady, however old she was, became a faithful part of that church there in Philippi. We we don't know that for sure. We'll find out when we get to heaven. But I believe by the power of the gospel, this young lady's life is changed. And so she represents in so many ways the helpless that are in our world. Really, people just stuck by the power of sin and Satan. And the only solution is Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that will set us free. And so when Paul and Silas came to Philippi, They found the hungry. Lydia is a great example of that. They found the helpless. These are those under the power of sin and Satan. And they just need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the third group of people that we find are the hopeless. And here is a group that I believe really is represented in our day and age today, specifically as we consider uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Paul and Silas uh, are put in prison because of all the uprisings, what they did to this young lady that was uh, under the spell of uh, divination. Uh, the, 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 the owner of that uh, lady causes a, a big problem, and then ultimately Paul and Silas are put into prison. Now notice, if you're following along in Acts chapter 16, notice verse number 25. The Bible says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. What a great testimony. Even in the midst of trial and suffering and hardships, they are still praising God. And that's a great reminder for us as Christians. No matter what happens in our lives, we need to be faithful in our praise to God for who He is and what He's done, no matter the hardship. But notice what happens next in verse number 26. The Bible says, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, 
And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Verse 27. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. It's interesting how often God uses Natural phenomenas that are out of the control of human beings to show us just how small and limited and weak and frail we truly are. This coronavirus has really shaken the entire world and has really struck in the hearts of every individual fear and panic and crisis. And it's interesting when I read Acts 16 and find this Philippian jailer. An earthquake takes place, something out of his control. And the immediate response is fear and panic and crisis. And he picks up his sword and is going to kill himself. And to me, that is a great illustration of the hopeless people in our world. When crisis strikes... When fear grips the hearts of the lost, the immediate reaction, or at least the the immediate response, is hopelessness. We have no hope. When death becomes a reality, it shows just how hopeless our world really is. And this Philippian jailer picks up his sword and is going to kill himself if it weren't for the testimony of two men who were faithful in the midst of crisis. Paul and Silas lift up their voices, the Bible says, and call out and say, hey, don't harm yourself. We are still here. Now, I've got to stop and and think just for a moment. What were Paul and Silas still doing in prison? God had done an amazing miracle, not in the fact that he caused an earthquake, but that the earthquake opened every prison cell and had loosened every chain that was binding the prisoners. And now every prisoner was free to go as they pleased. And yet Paul and Silas, and not just Paul and Silas, notice the Bible says all of the other prisoners were still there. You know, when crisis strikes Christian, we need to remember that our job is bigger than taking care of ourselves or seeking our own safety and personal uh, safety. Paul and Silas could have fled, yet they stayed. Why? I believe because they knew this earthquake wasn't for their own sake. It was to show this man the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what happens as a result of their testimony? You know the story as well as I do. The Bible says in verse 27, And the keeper of the prison awakened, uh, I'm sorry, verse number 29, Then he, that's the jailer, called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, and here's those beautiful words, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Hey, he didn't need a long explanation of the gospel. He already heard and saw the testimony of those two preachers. 
He, he didn't need uh, to, to be reminded of his need of salvation. No. He came to them and said, what do I have to do to be saved? I understand. I'm lost and hopeless. Tell me about Jesus Christ. And then we find those wonderful words in verse 31. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's our message. That's our message for the hopeless world. Hey, when panic strikes, when a pandemic takes over the world, when everything seems to fall apart, and we are being uh, really killed by an enemy we can't see, feel, or touch, don't panic, don't fear, don't, don't go into crisis mode. Be a Paul in silence who stays put and looks beyond their own personal security and says, I am going to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Folks, this time... And I, and I know there in the United States, and even here in Madagascar, most people have gotten over a lot of the fear that's wrapped around the uh, coronavirus. Uh, uh, but, you know, there's still many people, I'm sure, of their eternity, of their, their, their life after death. This is a great opportunity and time for you and for me to open our mouths and preach the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You know, like this story here in Acts chapter 16, and we kind of wrote a little bit about this in our, our last prayer letter, in many ways it took an earthquake to start a church there in Philippi. Hey, there was already the hungry, people already searching for the truth, and when it came, they gladly received the word. Hey, there's the helpless in this world under the bondage of sin and Satan that need the truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's preach it to them. But, but this earthquake revealed the fact that most of our world lives in a hopeless condition. We can fast forward now to 20, uh, 2020 and here in Madagascar, this passage has become alive to us. When we got here to Madagascar, we knew God wanted us to start churches and then, of course, this pandemic broke out. And like it took an earthquake to start a church in Philippi, it has taken the coronavirus to start a church here in Ambuichalahaba. We did our food distribution that we had mentioned a few minutes ago. And while we were there, a lady came up to us, not looking for any food or for any help, but really just interested in the church. She started asking some questions and said, there's a group of us that are looking for a church. Is it all right if we come? And this lady, her name is Belulina, she has been a faithful member of the church, or at least a faithful part of the church, from the, the very second Sunday, I should say, is when she started coming. She is a great representative of the hungry. She was looking for truth when we preached the gospel. She gladly received the word and has now been a faithful part of the church. She is a picture of the hungry. And it's interesting, she continues to bring and invite her friends and her family to come. And she has really been our most faithful witness to the church or of the church. There's always the hungry. There's the helpless. You know, as we go out and visit many of the people here in our town... We are reminded every single day that so many people are under the bondage of sin and Satan. And the only thing that will change their lives is the gospel. And it is such a privilege for us to come alongside of them and show them the truth of the word of God. And see them uh, freed from that bondage. It's, it's such a privilege uh, to be a witness uh, and testimony of that. Our, our world is full of the helpless. 
But you know, our world is also full of the hopeless. This uh, pandemic has revealed to me more than ever just how hopeless our world is. When they are confronted by just the smallest little virus, they realize what little hope they have apart from Jesus Christ. And God is using this pandemic, God is using this coronavirus to start a church here in Madagascar. And we are just excited to be a part of it. But I would hope and pray that each of us would remember the story of Paul and Silas. That it was because of their faithful testimony in the midst of uncontrollable circumstances that the gospel was able to go forth, churches were able to start, and God was working in tremendous ways. Folks, I hope and pray that wherever God finds you today, tomorrow, this week, this month, I hope and pray that you'd be faithful in preaching the truth of the gospel. Don't forget, there's the hungry people in this world searching for truth. Reach them with the gospel. Hey, there's the helpless. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. But remember, there are the hopeless that are desperately in need of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times, most of the time, oftentimes, they are looking to you, who should be a constant uh, source of hope and of truth in the midst of, un, uh, of a world that's not full of, uh, of anything constant. I would hope and pray they would come to you and say, Sir, ma'am, what must I do to be saved because of your testimony for the gospel? I hope and pray you'll be faithful and that God will use you in a tremendous way to continue to pre- preach the gospel and point people to Jesus Christ. Folks, again, we just want to say thank you so much for your faithful part in, in our work and our ministry here in Madagascar. Uh, we appreciate you there at Community Baptist Church so very much. And uh, we're waiting for your pastor uh, to come on over here and visit us sometime since uh, his Malagasy is excellent. It's right on. Uh, I know he works very hard to be able to say those words, the names of towns, people, places. And so uh, uh, send him over sometime. We'd love to have him. Uh, But if not, uh, please continue to send your prayers. We are so thankful and appreciative to you and for your faithfulness in our ministry and our the work that God's called us to do over here. We pray God will continue to use and bless you all there in a great way as you continue to serve him uh, until he returns. Thank you so much, and God bless you folks uh, there at Community Baptist Church.